Hi, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about choosing how we respond to our circumstances. We're going to dive into how we can rise above the turbulence in our lives and we can change that pain into purpose. We're going to talk about how can we make God the captain of our lives instead of someone or something else. I have a great guest interview for you today, and this is what we're going to dig into, so I can't wait to share it with you. Welcome to Faith-Fueled Woman, a podcast designed for Christian women eager to deepen their faith and shine God's light in every aspect of their lives. Each week, we'll delve into practical strategies, inspiring stories, and biblical wisdom to equip you with the tools you need to navigate life's challenges and grow deeper in your faith. From finding calm in the chaos, forming deep Christian friendships, to everyday ways to connect with God, we'll cover it all. Hi, I'm your host, Kristen. I'm an encourager, a faith-led entrepreneur, a mom, and a wife. Let's be encouraged in our everyday lives as we let our faith guide us, fuel us, and fill us with God's incredible peace, wisdom, and joy in our lives. Hi, today on the podcast, I would like to welcome my guest, Carolyn Deck. She is the author of the book, Above the Turbulence, Your Ticket, Out of Pain to Purpose. She's a wife, a mom of five adult children, and her book proceeds go to faceswithnames.org. And that is an orphanage in Uganda. And she's very passionate about that. And she's so passionate about helping people transform through and above adversity to move towards their purpose and fulfillment. And I cannot wait to have this conversation because we both feel so strongly that when we understand that our mindset and our thoughts and how we can really capture them and that we have purpose in our lives, that we can make such a world of difference in the world. So welcome, Carolyn. Right. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Can you first just uh, tell us a little bit about what life looks like and your journey and how you got into what you're doing? Oh, sure. Uh, well, as you can tell, I'm not from America. Um, <laughs> I grew up in New Zealand uh, with my, my sister, big sister, Debbie. Um, there was just two of us, um, two children. And um, yes, I uh, I have a theme in my life now, which is is travel. I became a travel agent after having traveled out of, yes, a dysfunctional family actually as a child, which was very heartbreaking. And sadly, some of the, just the effects of that still continue to this day, in fact. So, um, so that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So then, um, I was so grateful. I was, I became a travel agent. Um, but prior to that, um, an exchange student to Winfield, Kansas. And I've just actually got back this last week from spending a whole week with my host family. That was 44 years ago. We graduated the year of 80, the class of 81. And it's just incredible to see how you journey through life in and out of turbulence, as I, as my book would suggest, and really how choices define even when there's somebody else's choices on your life, we still have a response and how we respond is key. So that's really my big takeout on life and on living. And doesn't matter how old you are, when you understand that power that you actually do have, even as I say in adversity, even when things are happening around you that you didn't choose, we still have that power of response. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's been incredible for me. Um, good, good responses. I'm not perfect by any means. And I've made some pretty bad choices in my life. Um, and my kids, you know, like you said, we've got five adult children. Um, at one point, 
uh, yeah, one of them in particular thought we had made terrible choices <laughs> um, that impacted his life. But uh, further down the track, um, he's realized that all of this has kind of shaped him to who he is and opened doors, even though it was very difficult for him, um, into places he would have never, ever, let me tell you, have ever dreamed. Um, so it's quite incredible. Love it. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the first thing, right, is that everyone in our lives, we're going to have some parts or version of loss, pain, hurt, and heartache. Every one of us, right? We're going to have some sprinkling. Some of us might have more than others, or some might be harder or longer than others. But every Mm -hmm. one of us as a human is going to deal with some of these things. And to your point, it's all about, we can't control the circumstances always, but we can control how we respond to them. And so that would be my first question to you. What have you learned, you know, journeying through this life up to now and then writing the book and, you know, also now encouraging people and talking to them about our responses? Yes. What I found foundational for me was uh, what we feed ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And it's not just what goes in your mouth. It's what you're listening to on a daily basis. It's what you're watching what you're feeding your mind, um, you know, what you're feeding your heart um, and challenging what you believe, actually, because I grew up believing um, I wasn't wanted, you know, um, I clearly wasn't worthy um, and just so many lies. Mm. And how do you spell believe? B-E-L-I-E-V-E. So we can grow up believing things that just aren't true mm-hmm. and so for me it's been an amazing journey and I wish I'd in some regards I wish I'd done it earlier but then it wouldn't have been as powerful but when I stopped and reflected on the difficulties of my past instead of asking why me which I think actually has us stuck and um and I know for me I I found myself stuck in this why it's it's really important to understand the why. Don't get me wrong. I think that's huge. But a better question I've since discovered, which I say the why pumps your tires, but the what actually moves you on. And when you stop and you ask what, what, what do I need to learn here? What do I need to be telling myself? What do I need to stop telling myself? What do I need to be reading and listening to uh, what are my next steps i mean that that to me is is incredible but it really to be hugely um effective i think we need to stop and ask what happened in my past to bring me to where i am today mm-hmm. yeah and that for me has been as i said in some regards i wish i'd done it earlier so to uh, your question, asking about my book, um, just saying that was not a desire I had, let me tell you. <laughs> In fact, when it was laid on my heart to write a book, um, it was six years ago, so it took me six years to write. Um, I'm not a great student, have to say. <laughs> and the other, the other great thing was, in a way, was that I had no idea what I was doing. And so when I was called to write this book, yes, it was laid on my heart to do, I'm like, God, you 
you got the wrong person. I mean, seriously, you, you should have tapped my sister on the shoulder. She's a teacher. I mean, she is brilliant at all things English and, and all things writing, etc. And um, besides, who, who wants to hear my story? And he very quickly said, mm, I know what I'm doing. I've called you because you don't know what you're doing. You'll have to rely on me, um, <laughs> interestingly, and I did. Um, and also, how do you spell history? H-I-S-S-T-O-R-Y. Well, there's no two S's, but um, he said it's my story. History is my story, and you're a part of it, and I want you to share the history of your life having not always knowing I was there, but as you stopped and reflected, or as I call you to stop and reflect, you will see I was, and I have a purpose for you, and it is good, and it's not to harm, and it's to prosper and give hope. And, oh, my gosh, when I realized that, it just lit my fire. It's like it wasn't the prosperity gospel where I'm going to get rich. I got rich in spirit. I got rich in hope for my today and my tomorrow. It just gave me this hope that was just so such a beautiful thing. And it was the hope not just for myself but for other people. Oh, so many good things in there, and I love that. Uh, thank you for sharing that. So I think the first thing is is that when you you shared about the you know not the, not necessarily we don't want to get stuck on the why, especially if the why is about our past. We want to you said you know look at the what's and really the what is taking action. It's moving forward momentum. Right, another way of saying that is it's looking for change, something different. And there is a quote that says overthinking, or, or I should just say, it's, it's, I'll just say it as a concept or statement. Overthinking yes. happens because we are trying to control the outcome, but we yes. actually, it's to stop overthinking, you have to take action. And so it's much like that when we get stuck in all these lies we told ourselves, if, whether they're from when we were little, because we probably had a perception of them as being something that they may not have been, um, or when, when they happen when we got older, these lies, these beliefs that probably um, are not fully true, right? Maybe there's some truth to them. But it's when we realize, okay, I can choose to take action and say, is this really true? Yes. Is this the only part of the story? Is this the full truth, right? Does it align with God's truth? All of these things. And so I think it's important for people to realize the what is really us taking action. That if we don't want every day to be on repeat, like today, whatever we might be thinking or doing, we have to do something different. We have to take a different step forward, whether that's in our thinking or actually in our, you know, in our moving forward in some other way. Like what you I, writing the book. Sure. What I, yes, and I did write this in the book, um, understanding who you are. Mm -hmm. I think really to do ourselves justice, we need to stop and pause yes. rather than just racing ahead going, oh, here's my what. Um, I heard this message twice and, okay, so just heads up on how I've written my book. I wrote it as a travel agent. Mm -hmm. And so it's like you coming to my office and going, okay, I want to go on holiday or I want to travel or I've got a work trip or whatever. And so each chapter is only really short mm -hmm. and um, it it is a, I call it like a little parable. It's a little story in my life, but that it has a life lesson in it. Mm -hmm. And so, um I found myself traveling to France 
And there I went and visited the, the home and resting place of um, Da Vinci. Mm-hmm. And I think this plays in well to understanding that in my head, what I had told myself, I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to this place. This historic place is beautiful. Um, what I believed him to be was just a painter. Yeah. I had no idea what else he was. Uh-huh. And then when that was exposed to me, I took the time, I stopped, I took the time and I walked through, I actually walked back 800 years to actually uh-huh. see where he studied, mm-hmm. the tools he used, the ideas that actually came to him through actually watching nature, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. A lot of, and there's a quote in my book that he says about that. But the one quote that really stopped and got me was when he suggested, and this is again his his um, the concept here, is when you stop and pause and look into the dark crevices of your life, mm-hmm. those places you don't want to go, that you just want dead. Like you just yeah. like that. Well, they are dead. You know, they're in my past, so they're dead. But he said, when you stop and you revisit them and you sh- illuminate some light in there, that's where you'll find some life. And that's where you'll find life that will unpack some of these lies, right. unpack what you used to hear, whether it be verbally told or what you monologued in your head. Mm-hmm. And it, and I'm like, wow, that's kind of profound. Mm-hmm. So it stopped me, and I, I really needed to stop and pause and sort of journey back, not to relive it, but to journey back with different eyes, with different thinking, with a different heart to understand, wow, what happened back there? And yeah. then bringing me to my truth of today, who I am now, and then I could move forward into my future. And there's an amazing resource that, um, my friend Tammy suggested I read, and it's it's called To Be Told, How to Co-Author Your Future. So, again, I would suggest for people and recommend that, you know, life is so busy. We're just on this wheel racing around and, okay, well, okay, I've got my why, but I've got my what, so I need to run on and, you know, I need to do the next thing. Well, just slow down a minute. Just yeah. slow down and take some time. Mm-hmm. And really embrace who you are. And and that comes with actually reflecting on where you've come from and where you are today. I think that's really powerful. Um, Rick Warren puts it like this to understand your shape. Uh, Rick Warren has daily hope. And to to my point, that's what I feed myself in the morning. I, I read that. I hear that. I listen to his podcast. I write journal notes. And that's my truth that I stand on. And so what he said, my shape was that we all have a spiritual gift. And, and so this is shape, spiritual gift. What's in our heart? What's our passion? Mm-hmm. What's our, what's our ability? We all have abilities of some sort, um, given. Um, P is our personality and E is our experience. Mm-hmm. So when you've stopped and paused for a minute and you sort of weave that into your past, getting you to your present and embrace all of that, because, you know, I get told, oh, my gosh, you're over the top. Oh, you talk too much. Oh, my gosh, you know, can't you just slow down or, you know, and and you hear that over and over, then you think, well, there's something wrong with me. But yeah. he's going, you know, 
that's the personality God gave you. Actually, right. that's the ability. Instead of it being a curse, you can talk to anybody. Right. You know, and, you and your heart is for people. Mm-hmm. So see what I'm saying here? That it's, it's such a beautiful moment when you embrace that and then you understand what your what is. Yes. And then that gives you, gives you the momentum to move on. And, you know, I was seeing that you've got that um, building a life you love. Mm-hmm. Well, I was visiting with a friend. And in fact, he's in town today. He's from New Zealand. He used to live in Chicago. I think right now he lives in Greece. Um, but anyway, he's coming for town, ta- coming to town. And he said, you know, Carolyn, there's, there are these places around the world and it's called the blue zone. Have you heard of it? Yes. And I'm like, oh, actually, no, I haven't. What's the blue zone? And I thought I'd read these just real quick. And it's really interesting. I don't think it's in any great order, but the blue zone, for those that don't know, it's this building a life you love. It's people that live longer. Mm-hmm. And this is what they've discovered that um, they have a sense of purpose, self purpose. Uh, family is first. Mm-hmm. Prioritizing stress relief. Rick Warren would say, you know, thinking, thinking, and do a, a, an account of the head of the neck up sort of thing. You know, yeah. keep good account of what you're thinking. Right. You need to exercise. You need to eat well. And what's more, don't eat to the full, interestingly. You know that feeling, you ate too much, and you're like, oh, gross. Yes. <laughs> uh, living in community, choosing social activities that support healthy behaviors. And I kind of like this one, and it was Jesus' first miracle. Alcohol is okay, right. <laughs> but not to the full. Right. So, so when you look at all of that, you know, okay, so – a homeless guy said to me, he uses um, his book, which is Basic Instruction Before Leaving Earth. There you go. The Bible. Yeah. And so to me, when I look at, you know, I've done this study for many years. I got called by a friend in, in um, South Australia. She goes, oh, come and do this Bible study. And I'm like, are you kidding? I don't have time for that. Five kids. I'm running around crazy trying to get them everywhere. My husband travels like, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. Well, she chased me down for a year and I kind of said, well, you know what, I'll, I'll do this thing for six months. Mm-hmm. I was a Christian, but I didn't spend time in the word very often. Yeah. This you know, basic instruction before leaving it. Anyway, six months. Well, that was over 22 years ago because I realized I can't do this without reading that first. Mm-hmm. He knows what's happening today, tomorrow. I mean, I don't even know what's going to happen in our time. That's right. And I lived into that. And interestingly, those points of the blue zone, mm-hmm. that's what God's calling us to do. That's right. Well, he's, oh, he's a creator, right? So if you find something created, you go to the creator. How do I drive my car? How do I use my vacuum cleaner? You know, you pick anything that's created. Right. If you choose to go to the creator to see how it's used mm-hmm. best and optimally, then it'll work well. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, and even in the blue zone, I think one of the things that they talk about beyond even the ones you said is all of the people that live to be centurions, uh, they all have a spiritual or faith practice. So for some, it could be church or that sort of thing. Some might have, it might have been more meditation or some other thing, but you know, which is really important because 
the point is each of them had something that was more meaning than themselves, right? It uh, went beyond uh, and, and even beyond their community. So it's also like a perception, their, their world perception, right? Or world, how they saw the world. So I think that that's, that's also really important. And, you know, when you were talking about pausing, you know, I know you mentioned this in your book and it's, it's so important for us in lives. It's just, it's the pausing. And then you talked about reflecting, right? Of course, if we can't just pause. We also then have to reflect, like you said, on what do we want? What's going on in our lives? What do we need to change or adjust? And then also it's setting a new course, right? Yeah. Like that plane, we have to set a new course for what we need to change. Mm. And I love that you talked about the, what do we feed ourselves? Because I always love that quote that says your diet is not just what you eat. It's what you put in your head. It's what you watch. It's all those things. And I a hundred percent align with that and believe that and talk about that regularly because a lot of people wonder why am I scared every night when I go to bed, like someone's going to break in. Why am I? And then I'm like, well, what shows are you watching? Right. And I love a good mystery, but I have to limit which types I watch, you know? And so I know what I want to feed myself. So I'm, I'm more careful. My husband will watch shows that now I say, I really don't want to watch that. It's not for me. And so I make a harder line in the sand now, whereas before 15 or 20 years ago, I wouldn't have done that. I would have said, okay, but now I know, or I'll start something. And I say, this isn't making me feel good. Like, I don't like it. And it's pushing a yeah. boundary for me that I don't, I don't really want to push. So then I'll stop watching it. And I'll say, you can yeah. watch this on your own when we're, when we're not watching something together. But I think too many of us just go about, like you said, and we don't really put any thought into it, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think it is really important. It's, you know, I talk about, we need to do life audits regularly, right? In whatever area, it doesn't have to be all at one time. But for you, it might be, gosh, every time I go online or I watch Netflix or something else, I feel terrible. Well, that might be an area you need to do a little life audit in, right? Pause, reflect and see what's bringing up for you and maybe what you should change about it. So, you know, we can do this in so many different areas, I think. Yes, yes. And, you know, you're talking about um, the course and and which which direction do I need to go? Mm -hmm. And funny should say that which course because instantly for me being a travel agent I think of flying I think of a pilot Mm -hmm. and I think of the you know the trust that we put in a pilot you know but he knows right and he can weather the storm you go through all this turbulence in fact I just post up the other yesterday because I came back from Kansas and it was windy and we're like whoa and then you're in the you know, you can see it coming as you take off, but then you're in the thick of it and it's mm. just like this. And then you rise above it and it's beautiful, it's calm. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. And I, I talk about um, this in my book, that whose pilot have you employed? <laughs> because, you know, that's that's another choice. You know, who... Who is your influencer? Who do you lean on? Who do you rely on? Who And really, we, do we need to perhaps shake that tree a little bit and go, well, are they going to be there for me if this happens? Right. Or have they been there? You look in the past. And, um, you know, that's why I love, you know, my God is my pilot because right. was there in my past. He created me beautifully, he says, in, his mother, in my mother's womb. Mm-hmm. He knows me as in how many hairs are on my head. He knows what I'm anxious about. He knows me and loves me anyway. Um, and so just, it, it's, I, I said in my book, it's kind of funny. It's like you can sit back and you hear from your pilot, okay, ladies and gentlemen, sit down, put your seatbelts on. 
It's all good. I've been through thousands of these before. I want you to relax and enjoy and just be still. And, you know, that's that's how I find myself in times of trouble even today. I have to remember, hang on, what am I anxious about? Well, my pilot's going to get me through. Yeah. And I know what he says. I know his truth. And it, it's just, well, you can't find it like that in anything else today. No philosophy is going to give you that. Right. Because that's all it is. It's made up by some man. Sorry, guys. But, yeah, usually. Yeah. unless you're Mother Teresa and she's got some amazing things. But, you know, and so trusting the one who knows is is just my ticket, as I said, above that turbulence. And I know I'm going to land and it'll be bumpy, but it'll it'll actually grow me for something better, like you said, outside of myself, which I think in today's world it's just so my girlfriend pointed in my head, hashtag me. You know, it's always about me. It's about what I want, what I need, gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, I want to talk about that for a minute. Well, two things. One, um, I do want to talk about your relationship with God. And by that, I mean, I know you're, you know, you're growing up a dysfunctional family, which probably almost all people can relate to in some way. Right. And then as you went into, you know, uh, your later teen years and in high school, were you already then very faith oriented or how did you deepen that relationship? So I guess that's my first question. Okay. So in my dysfunctional family, I mean, sadly, there was alcohol and there was violence and there was emotional abuse. But we'd still go to church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. So our hearts are made with a hole in. I heard Dr. Jeremiah saying that. Mm-hmm. We all have a hole in our heart, actually. Yeah. And it's the spiritual hole. And the only one that can fill it is God. Now, in today's world, you know, people are running around trying to fill it with all sorts of things, fame and fortune and new cars and and boats or, you know, the latest fashion or, you know, whatever. Whatever your hole is and you're filling it with, you know, I've been there, done that, and I still do that at times, you know, don't be wrong. However, that hole can only be filled by the love of God. Mm -hmm. And so that's why if you're feeling empty, it's because it, it's like square peg round hole. It's right. not, you're never going to feel like that. And so, you know, I was raised in a Christian home. You know, my dad did have the love of God. He, he really did. He had a heart for the Lord and serving kids on the street. He, he, he did. Um, it was just that him and my mom fell apart and there were, I won't go into that, but anyway, love walked in one door and out the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was there, and then when I went and lived with my sister and her husband for a year, you know, we'd also go to church, and it was still there. Mm-hmm. But what started to really put the fire underneath that spirit of of um, knowing who God was was when I had that year in America and in Kansas. I say in my book, and I said to my family this last week, I knew of God and I knew the words that he loved me. But what I saw in this family, I saw what that looked like in action mm-hmm. and in word. And it just changed me. It really changed my understanding of what family looked like. Mm-hmm. This is a family with God in the center 
it illuminated and was in their real actual walks and steps within their family. Mm. And, you know, we we had a gathering on, um, what night was it? I, I lost track of days. I don't know. Let's say Saturday night. And there were over 25, 25 of us there from this family, um, three generations. Like my dad now is 80, uh, 90, beg your pardon, 90, turning 91. And mom, she's so sweet. She's got a bit of dementia and she's kind of in the place, but then she's not and asks how I got there. And <laughs> it's so sweet. But just to see that that's what it looks like. And this is what God wants for us in our families. And quite frankly, Satan's done a real doozy on families. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's one and two kids are from a, a broken family. Mm-hmm. And then you look at what happens next. It just spills out into identity. Yeah. You know, I've got teachers in my family who have to, try and navigate children that think they're cats they need kitty litter i know it's it's a strange time we live in it's very sad can you see how it's been eroded this love of family the nucleus of love for each other love for god in action and in word doing what's healthy eating well what we consume in our heads hearts in our mouths has Mm -hmm. been so eroded we now have children that think they're furry animals. I, I, I'm just so devastated for them. I'm with you. I, and you're not wrong about that. I have a pediatrician friend, and she said she doesn't think it'll be long before they're going to be required to actually put that down as what the person is. And I said, I don't I don't even know how to, what? It, it's just beyond me, honestly. But, you know, yes. so yes, we are in a strange time in many ways. And But strange. I think you're so right. You know, it has to be people, you know, seeking um, a relationship with God. It has to be with healing ourselves, you know, in our relationships with each other. And like you said, and also fixing our families, because whether the, the people are married, we have strong marriages, or it's also all the divisiveness in this country and, and across the world on, well, I don't have the same viewpoint as you. So now I'm never going to speak to my family member again. And I'm going to uh, have bitterness in my heart for you. It's like, this is... <laughs> You know, we have to be able to see beyond this because that's right. just, just it's and lies and deceit, right? It, when we when we put a concept above love, you know. Yeah. So you know, again, where do you where do you get this fed from? What you're listening to? What does Jesus say? I love Jesus' words. I mean, you can't go wrong with what Jesus said. That's right. He said, "This is the commandment. It's a new covenant." Yes, we've got the ten commandments, but I came. And I gave you a new covenant with God and a new command. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor, what? As yourself. So to your point earlier, yes, we do need to love ourselves as God loves us. Understand the truth of who we are. Our identity is a child of God. Wow, what does that mean? I'm a princess. I'm a princess already because I'm going to, I'm an heir of the heavenly kingdom to come. So if I can live in the space of my future, but in today, then that changes everything. And yeah. so, you know, if, if we could pin, as Jesus said, everything else hangs off those two commandments yeah. and understanding, like I saw the other day, a post, when you truly understand the love God has for you, mm-hmm. it will blow your mind. Yeah. It will blow your mind and then it'll change your life 
And, you know, that's, that's just my experience, mm-hmm. you know, from getting to 61 years now. And I look back, I'm like, Lord, you are so faithful. You are so precious. You're so kind. When I went down that rabbit hole and down this rabbit hole, really I was seeking love in all the wrong places. Mm -hmm. He was still there. And that beautiful song, you know, there's no mountain he won't climb, no no wall he won't break through. He chases us down. And religion, you have to climb a ladder to be good enough. And you hope to goodness that when you climb that ladder, by the time you die, you're going to be good enough. Right. That's what I love with Jesus and he, God. He came from his holy place down to be a lowly servant. Oh, my goodness. Right. And then to die, this is what I mean. When you, when you can really fathom how much love, mm. it just it, oh, gives me goosebumps. Absolutely. Because in the end, nothing else, nothing else matters. Because that matters first, right? And if you come from that place, yes, everything else is different. Absolutely. It's incredible. Oh my I God. mean, I just thought this might be a nice segue so people know that, yes, the Lord called me to write this book. This is my copy I've scribbled all over and I've got, and this is what I suggest you do too. If you get a copy, and I do hope you do, um, because at the end of each chapter, I, I have a little reflection because I want you to move into the what and yeah. And, you know, what have you learned about finding peace? You know, that's one question. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want peace today? Right. Oh, my goodness. You know, so there are little reflection questions here. Yes. So here's a little story. I, I can't help myself. I'm a little storyteller. So when I was a little girl, I was only like, I don't know, eight years old, ten maybe, and I'd get money for my birthday. And God planted the seed of love of Africa in my heart. I would go to the bookstore. I would buy all things beautiful pictorial books of Africa and lion and elephant and oh, the wild I loved. And I'd sketch, I'd sketch these faces, these heads. And fast forward a couple of decades, I now find myself in the Serengeti. I'm a travel agent mm-hmm. and I'm here. I'm like, oh, I, I am pinching myself, you know, and yeah. I, I've spent all day watching the elephant roam and, and seeing lion, which are just mm. like scary, but um, so magic, um, magical. Anyway, so I'm collecting firewood and these tall grasses and seemingly nothing there. Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere came this little face. And then another little face. And little face, I'm like, oh, hi guys, you know, like I'm speaking Kiwi, you know, I'm speaking English and they can't understand me. But right. we're just smiling at each other and we're kind of embracing and, and I'm like, wow, look at look at these kids. Mm-hmm. In their eyes, they just had this, they just had a different look in their eye. Mm-hmm. They had a look of a peaceful spirit, really, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Anyway, fast forward another couple of decades, lo and behold, my daughter ends up on mission in Malawi working in an orphanage. And she sent me photos and I'm just looking, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're those little kids again. Oh, how precious. You know, one day, I don't know, maybe I could do that or do something. I just love these little kids. Okay. So remember I said when I was writing my book, I had no idea what I was doing. Well, here's another little nugget. Invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. So I did. I invested in learning how to write. So I went to a writer's conference in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. And at the end of this really busy day, I'm exhausted and everyone's exhausted. And I'm sitting around the fire, yes, with a glass of wine. 
And I meet this man, Eric. His name's Eric Mills. And I say, okay, Eric, what's your story? Like, what are you writing about? And he goes, oh, um, we adopt a little girl from China, and I'm writing about that. That's our process and our love. But in the interim, my wife and I have founded an organization called Faces with Names. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Yeah. And I saw his brochure. He handed me this, and I'm like, oh. Like, it was an epiphany. I'm like, now finally, here are these little faces that I fell in love with that yeah. my daughter did. And so my point being is this book isn't about me. I, I, I want you to grow from what you learn from it, but actually all proceeds of my book are now going to Faces with Names in Uganda. And I'm so excited. I'm off to Uganda to meet them in March. So Eric and I and... Um, a medical team, um, a group of teachers. We are, uh, there's about 18 of us. We're all going to Uganda to help these kids. And if you're at all interested, I think there'll be a link right there, Kristen, yeah. at the end. You can see, um, see what Faces with Names is all about. And then I think there might even be a link if you choose to, to give a donation. So we need medical supplies, teaching aids, um, making, we're building some new outdoor equipment for these kids. I mean, it, it, I'm just beyond excited. Love it. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that part of the story as well. Uh, that's beautiful. And yes, it will be, it will be linked in the uh, show notes. So Carolyn, maybe what would you like to just leave the listeners with to just encourage them about how do we rise above the turbulence? How do we shift mm-hmm. our thoughts and how do we just continue to step into everything that God truly does have for us? Because I do believe like you, that it's really an adventure, right? He's, he's set yeah. us out on this Beautiful adventure. Beautiful adventure. It's quite simple. Stop and pause. And remember, it's my initials actually, CD. Choice defines. So good. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today. Can you share with us what's the best way for people to connect with you online? And of course, your link to your book and on Amazon will be in the show notes as well. But what would you like to share with us about that? Yes. Um, well, you can Google my name and my book will come up. Um, but you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and yes, on Amazon, of course, with my book, uh, looking at doing an audio copy. Well, I'm in the process of that. So soon you'll be able to hear me read it, which I'm kind of excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and of course you can email and I'd love to keep the conversation going. You know, if you have questions for me or if you've got anything that you know, just like answers to, things that maybe you can relate to that you've heard, that you think, oh, I'd like to know more about that, please just reach out, DM me, you know, on either of those um, social media sites or give me send an email. Sure. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure and thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to the show. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you could take a minute to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcast because it helps our show get discovered by more people. And if you'd like to be encouraged in your faith and in your life, go on to kristenfitch.com and sign up to get my newsletter. I have lots of freebies and lots of inspiration and encouragement that'll be coming your way. And I would love it if you joined part of our community.